Nice to meet you, everyone. Uh, thank you, Andrew, for your kind introduction. And thank you, Naomi, and your foundation, uh, and also uh, Donald Bates and uh, University of Melbourne uh, to uh, be, uh, have the honor of uh, being an understudy for Bernadetta, <laughs> architect that I admire. And then also, um, yeah, it was made me to visit also a second time uh, after exactly 10 years ago which was uh, beyond actually shocking in the uh, best possible way. Almost become more like an Asian city, actually, <laughs> for me. Um, anyhow, today I'm, on a, I'm, an, I'm an architect, so I usually, uh, I, I've been fortunate, I have to say, to, that I was able to, involve, to be involved in uh, quite a diverse urban um, sort of conditions that are kind of temporal changing conditions uh, for the last 14 years in Seoul. Most of the project that I'm showing today is uh, all around that area, say. And I, I mean, where does Seoul fit into a livable city list? I think it's uh, maybe <laughs> below 50. <laughs> I think it has uh, actually a lot of challenges, although what I come from today is that it has been uh, many shared goals and uh, sort of ideas also, so that I was very happy to discover. I almost wish we should bring this whole thing uh, tour uh, to Korea, because we are also having, a, like Marisa has been working on, we have also first Biennale of Architecture and Urbanism inaugurating this early September, and there's a, a great civic leadership uh, for that. So uh, without further ado, I'll, let me see, does it, can, oh, is this one, okay, sorry about that. Um, so, as, uh, this was a uh, hundred uh, years ago, or more than that, it's beginning of 20th century, and Seoul has grown about uh, 50 times in terms of population. And Seoul was uh, actually planned city, uh, is a, actually has a history of 625 years ago, exactly, and that was the beginning of the kingdom, and it was a planned city that was actually king hired, a uh, new emperor hired, a uh, feng, feng shui master, a monk to look around the site, and uh, uh, it was uh, actually it was more about this um, ancient uh, philosophy about this harmony with nature and so on. And it was surrounded by mountain and the water on the south side and so on. And this was you know beginning of modernity, maybe 80 years ago during the Japanese colonization time. And the uh, uh, city has about uh, increased in terms of its size 10 times first half of 20th century, and then uh, another later half century five times. So that makes up about. Uh, from 200,000 to uh, 10 million people by the time 1990. So uh, this is what it looks like. Uh, it's, I don't know if you want to bring Seoul <laughs> to here, but uh, it's uh, quite, um, there's a lot of uh, interesting challenges. What, what makes it still unique and the brilliant choice is that I don't think there are many cities, uh, um, exception of Hong Kong, maybe Sao Paulo, there's such a large metropolis exists with the mountainous terrain. So, which is a, quite a blessing with a large um, river in the middle. And um, let me see, the, what is in front of the water, in front is the southern part, which is only 50 years old. Uh, it was a rice field before, and uh, where the tower is, well, mountains behind is where the city was originated, the behind the t a mountain with a, a radio tower. Uh, more or less, you're looking at uh, sort of the same thing. It's, it's also, it does, it's one photo doesn't capture the whole thing. However, uh, end of the 20th century was a, we are the kind of a cliche of the booming Asian metropolis because actually uh, growth of Seoul stopped uh, late 90s uh, re after reaching 10, 000, uh, 10 million people. 
And then uh, it's been uh, sort of, a, we're projecting uh, maybe year 2040, we will go down to somewhere uh, 9 million or so, and, uh, which has to with, again, the very similar demographic changes like aging, we're catching up as fast as uh, we can to become like a Japan also. And um, it, it, there's a lot of challenge, but, uh, but somehow also what has, uh, uh, what also the big change has been was the, the expansion of suburbia uh, because uh, the Seoul metropolitan region, as Andrew said, it was 25 million now and used to be, uh, which is half the country uh, population, which is 50 million. But um, 30 years ago, it was less than one third of the population living in this metropolitan area. So in fact, what that says is that actually this is what we call suburbia, which is more modern, let's say 20, 30 year old cities. There are 12 of them and each one maybe million to 600,000 people living there, and it's more modern, more uh, higher, and uh, denser in a way. And also you, have, uh, you also have a same branded apartment under the name of Samsung Corporation or Hyundai and so on, and you, uh, you're living even more, more modern environment, but at the cost of spending two or three hours by commuting. Although we're not the number one, I think Shanghai is like a <laughs> number one for com commuting time. So there's a lots of challenges. And when you look at it more on a street level, this was 100 years ago. This was the main palace, which is still the center of a very iconic location. And then uh, jump to uh, after the war, uh, 70s, this was when I was a kid. Uh, there was then, there was a very autocratic government, dictator. Uh, he saw the autobahn in Germany, and he started start putting all over <laughs> country very wide road, almost comparable to Moscow, where, where uh, I have visited recently. Uh, this very wide lane road, and people are quite shocked that in the middle of uh, like eight lanes, uh, 12 lanes, easy. And, um, uh, but, but at that moment, it was quite aspirational, but thanks to a very fast industrialization and growth, uh, it quickly filled in with the cars. This was when I was in uh, college, 19, uh, late 80s. Although the old, the old fabric of the city has, uh, has this, such a kind of a small alleyways and um, is almost uh, have this community at work, let's say, and uh, small uh, kids actually making themselves, I mean, this was kind of my childhood in a way. And wherever uh, Koreans take off their shoes, it becomes their room, in a way. And this was also my college time, that this was actually, uh, the elevated road is actually MVRDV recent uh, Seoul, uh, what we call, which is the sort of a Seoul's uh, take on maybe attempt to become like uh, having a high line but in its own unique way. But this was also, uh, but, there, but there was no actually public space, maybe because we are so good at uh, appropriating space, <laughs> but mainly because of the because political situation, the government was really afraid to have people gathering. So even I remember my uh, school was actually kind of a center of the stu student uh, demonstration. They, we didn't have a concrete block uh, on a pedestal because it would turn into rubbles and we start drawing with the Molotov, Molotov cocktails and so on. But then quickly, there was, this was 1990, I was doing a research with a student, and it was then, we become quickly, still, I mean, we kind of step, uh, uh, sort of a progress toward democracy, but uh, also become quickly rich, and then we got everybody uh, have a car, so we have to quickly duplicate the road. So there is a no um, uh, sort of a sense of this kind of common uh, shared public space, yet, uh, this 17-kilometer road, uh, the long uh, ring road, elevated highway, quickly become this nice uh, sort of colossal urban living room that people start to occupy and making themselves again at home. 
And then, uh, and then what I think it was a Dutch contribution, the <laughs> Dutch soccer uh, uh, coach, when we hosted um, World Cup with uh, Japan 2002, this is the first time that also government realized people can gather uh, massively on the street without being violent. And this was actually quite a unique moment because of, unlike this hooligan event uh, that happens in other countries, it's actually a, uh, it's very good gender balance and also it's actually become more like a family uh, entertainment. And this is not the soccer event, but actually this is a um, protest against the FTA agreement uh, that happened after. So the, the political sort of activism, the style has also changed. And I call it, this is a kind of a very uh, collective intimacy, which is kind of unique in our, in our region. I mean, also Japan is quite different. They're much more courteous and uh, let's say you have to be much more careful, but this is also a typical thing that has been happening internally where uh, uh, the large bathhouse where you have this heated floor and you could be uh, wearing the same uniform, uh, sleeping next to strangers, uh, listening to other people snoring. So this also is a quite uh, common weekly, daily sort of a life. This is uh, not Korea, this is uh, <laughs> Shanghai. I discovered when I was doing a Shanghai Expo Korean Pavilion 2010, and they have this, uh, they try to ban this practice of people walking around comfortably in their pajamas. Is again, I think this is sort of sign of uh, ownership also, which I think they should keep. Because I remember like artist Julian Schnabel uh, is wearing like a robe, uh, like a king, but it's here everybody is really, uh, <laughs> uh, and they're all properly covered, uh, I mean pajamas, so it's, it's like a suit. Anyway, um, since this World Cup incident there, actually, Seoul has started to actually turn all those uh, important areas of gathering into public space. So we're kind of a, um, engaged quite a few events that uh, was, in this case, in front of City Hall. Uh, about six million people visited for eight-day event. We work with the Realities United in Germany. It's actually like a media uh, sort of displaying uh, 1,300 LED sponsored by this uh, lighting company, which is reused, and it probably is kind of the largest chandelier uh, probably uh, we have done. And then um, this, uh, but that event, actually that was 2008, but it, again this um, FTA against this kind of a, a USA pressure <laughs> opening, this was kind of what we call mad cow. Uh, so it was actually, there's constantly, there's a seamless uh, sort of, um, political activism and also family uh, entertainment kind of spread out. And I think as a result, this is a very recent story you probably heard of. Um, since last October, there has been seven, 17 weeks every Saturday people start to gather uh, because they got so upset by this uh, government corruption, which ended up uh, become a real revolution in a most peaceful way. And uh, now we have a new government started and people are very happy with it uh, since the last two months. So uh, I was actually part of a very beginning, first one, only 20,000 people gathered because I was actually really fed up with the pressing likes on Facebook, let's say. <laughs> I think that was actually before American election result. But it was actually, and then next week become 200,000 people. And then this was a moment that it was almost 2 million people gather. And when, I don't know if you have seen it, but it's actually uh, quite uh, stunning because it just become like a big, happy, <laughs> um, it's like a biggest, almost a festive uh, uh, thing that uh, it was a very, um, in a way, almost moving. And uh, I'm going to talk about four things. One is the density we talked about. And uh, I think I've seen also the new change here, a uh, lot more towers here, and they're beautiful, exceptional towers. 
But when we're looking at one of the examples on the left, uh, we did missing matrix. And uh, for us has been actually, uh, when you're actually city, 60% of the people lives in this high-rise environment, actually the internal situation become your uh, urban condition, which is not as rich as what was happening that I show in the ground level. And it's actually, it's mostly about this very suffocating, minimized common space with or revolves around elevator. And there's really, um, uh, there's a lot of it is the architecture problem. So we actually try to make it more sociable. And also there's a, in a, in a way, way to translate this urban condition into vertical in a many possible way. So, and then it become almost like a prototype. This is one of those uh, sky gardens. And also it's, also it's a lot about this. Also these massive towers are quite uh, sort of monumental, but we also try to kind of insert this intimate sort of a way. We also have some simple things, and we were fortunate to actually kind of uh, test and actually uh, try out a few things. Also, here we call it bundle matrix, uh, sort of contrast against all these very compressed boxes, and then, then you know, we kind of find a way to open up a little bit, whether, I mean, I'm a smoker, so I can get out and smoke a <laughs> 37th floor balcony and so on, but it's actually, uh, it's been interesting to observe. And then it's also this same bundle we are kind of applied a few years later. It's much more micro uh, housing, you can say, um, about 99 units, 10 story high. And then also as a way to create this kind of a, a possible uh, uh, area where you can breed and also potentially uh, appropriate. And um, actually this was empty, but now it's packed with the uh, books and sort of like they call it book cafe. It's the same scale comparison how this bundle idea is applied in two different scale buildings. And this also comparison of these two towers. Uh, one is very short one. And then, but I think these things quite, quite takes, uh, for us has been a very interesting discovery also how people use it, but also we are kind of uh, doomed often that how the social structure, uh, social kind of uh, infrastructure or content doesn't really support it. And it's when, also when you consider, you know, uh, so Korea has been also very transient because there has been so much growth and new construction. Building ex like life ex expectancy is only 30 years, and average uh, length of people staying in one place is three years. So, I mean, that has to change now, I think, because of this kind of uh, now hitting uh, peak soon, I think that will change. So, recently we're working on actually 23 clients for one project, which is six family, mother and father, and then each family has a one or two kids, and they want to basically live in a commune. So uh, we're actually uh, quite excited to explore this possibility, and <laughs> this is the full-scale uh, plan uh, on top of our roof we're uh, presenting <laughs> uh, with them. And it's, it's, it's been quite, I mean, we also, um, before we're showing this kind of a, a vertical uh, tower prototypes, but uh, I think also for you, I think you should, uh, I would recommend um, don't overdo it, but when you do tower, I think technical uh, expertise, uh, sort of a progressive way to deal with this kind of uh, engineering aspect or beauty, the cladding, you know, the, all these things are fantastic, but I think it's, uh, it's gonna be a big challenge when you grow vertically uh, to create also social sort of environment living in the tower. And then uh, history is also, um, I'm gonna go kind of all over, but uh, history is kind of the opposite uh, side of it because after we built, demolished so much, there is so little substance left in this uh, city, in Seoul. Uh, you're looking at um, uh, palace on the left, and then the red dot, uh, that whole area is actually uh, one of the few remaining area of this wooden traditional house. Although uh, area around our site has been a very uh, 
sabotaged in the 60s and 70s with two or three story buildings and so on. And our client is actually like real local residents there who's been living there three generations. They actually is a big family, still the old uh, grandparents live there with their grand grandkids. And then, um, but this was when Korea started to realize, oops, we you know, really uh, self-sabotage ourselves after uh, wiping these kind of uh, charming uh, old substance with the history. And then it become completely opposite direction that it turned into a real fetish. So uh, it was kind of predicted that it, and then it become the, one of the most uh, expensive building types and a lot of local has to move out and it becomes at best uh, become very expensive wine shops and so on. So the, it's almost like what was happening in Rome so uh, it, again, this become also this, our project was 2006 began, and then uh, this was before iPhone and Instagram and all, but the, now last three years, uh, it become almost a craze of this uh, rental Korean traditional outfit uh, costume play with selfie sticks, and you'll see hundreds of them walking around, so it really become literally theme park. And we were actually, this project is for a small project, but for us it was very important that uh, it doesn't have the, the, this traditional historic area doesn't have to be uh, sort of like a relic, but it could also coexist with this uh, modern uh, building. So it was a tiny site, sharp corner, and uh, this across the street, when our client bought, bought this land, they're living two doors away, uh, it just recently become, it wasn't a very important building, but because it was the second president's birthplace that it become a landmark. So uh, that also landmark, all of a sudden, we have to follow this diagonal obligation that they were wanted to build, they thought they can build it in four-story building, but then they couldn't do it because of this 27-degree uh, uh, obligation. So it's almost like this triangular site, and then it, you can uh, only build half of it. So, but it's, the site is almost uh, 50 times smaller. So, uh, and then that's, uh, that's when we realized, actually, they, they couldn't, build this um, uh, art foundation that is devoted to Asian contemporary culture, non-profit. Uh, they couldn't have the space uh, above ground because of this uh, obligation. So uh, we end up proposing actually it goes underground, and because uh, then it will manage to have this two-story underground space. Again, we're looking at the parking space. I, I totally uh, with you then on the maximum number, but not uh, minimum. So we had to have seven cars uh, proportional to the floor area but then it becomes like a nice uh, piloty area. And then uh, you're looking at this triangular window that you can look down, um, eight meters below ground, and it becomes a, a nice addition. And you, as you can see, our area around it has a quite, um, um, not a traditional building survived area. So, uh, but this took us almost six years, although it was a small project, because it took three years of uh, four different committee approvals. At one point, it was uh, actually a death sentence. And, but then uh, there are some sympathetic other people actually um, helped us and actually uh, look at, not in a, in a most reductive way, but uh, a much more delicate way to deal with this area as in more detailed uh, categories. So uh, we are able to build that. So it was, in a way, uh, we're quite happy. And uh, this above, so what is above is uh, restaurant, um, sort of social function, and then the uh, ground, and so on. And the basement, so typically you have a gallery that you look up and there's a nice uh, natural light coming in, but then this one, uh, actually you're descending from the skylight almost. So this is the bottom level. 
And then we have another challenging project recently. Uh, this is uh, 1962, it was built, uh, not by Le Corbusier, but it's actually his pupil who worked with him. And it was French embassy in Korea, uh, Kim Jong-up. And this is a, a quite iconic project for Korean architect. When you ask Korean architect best building 20th century, this is always number two or number one. Although nobody saw it, uh, because, we, because it's quite private, one is a residence and the other one is a consulate, which is quite high security area. But another reason is that, okay, there's a Luc Corbusier and then there's an Asian guy behind with glasses. That was Kim Jong-up. He worked on Chandigarh and so on. And it was the big, biggest secret because nobody saw it because it was completely uh, barricaded by 23-story towers around it. Almost become this very intense valley-like condition. So you can see uh, before it was like almost Acropolis-like situation. But, uh, and then one of the competition brief was that because it was, uh, they need one great thing was they want to have this cultural um, found, uh, program so which is open to public, so it, they want to open up, and then also they need more office space. But then uh, to do that, they um, wanted to take down, in the, uh, as a brief, this building that you're, look, you're looking at, which is already sabotaged, but uh, the roof shape has, because it has to be rebuilt, because it was one of the first uh, concrete building that he really pushed, uh, then it all fell apart. So um, this uh, smaller building, lower one, uh, was meant to be uh, taken down. And when six architects, a combination of French and uh, Korean, invited on site, we actually brought up, and actually the French government uh, was actually, um, took three more months, actually stopped the whole process, and they um, changed the brief, and they decided to uh, sort of save this building, but somehow we have to add in more uh, same floor area in there, so that was a real challenge. So basically for us, it's, we won this competition, and uh, what we did was actually uh, make a horizontal piece that comes out toward the street, and then all the needed, uh, it become like a mini tower that almost uh, hopefully blends in with the other wall of towers, which is on the north side, luckily. And then uh, this horizontal piece was actually original Kim Jong-up's intention, which is completely sabotaged, but then we only extended it uh, toward the main access point. And so um, this will be something like that. And then uh, that's the lobby, and there will be an art gallery and some gathering space. And uh, we, it's going to be the first time we're doing a sort of like a restoration project that is now about 56-year-old building, and I'm, we're very happy to do that. And uh, yeah, so and then the ambassador house cutting through this uh, small pavilion in the middle, it will kind of connect to uh, what we call the jetty, like a Chris Marker film, so that it could also have a nice social function on top. Uh, so, okay, mobility. Um, I, um, I, we talked about, someone talked about the young kids nowadays in America, they don't get license. Um, I've been living without a car, actually. And this was not just because I was just sustainability guy, but 14 years ago when I moved back, it has to do with also previously three years riding bicycle in Holland, thank you, and then um, also in New York, uh, which I couldn't afford to have a car. Uh, but it was in Korea when I came back, I realized also it was purely practical reason that I, I'm quite, I like to live lazy and uh, I'm, I quite like, uh, I don't like to lose two hours uh, commuting uh, no matter how uh, uh, comfortable car is and what kind of entertainment uh, I can get from the car. And then, uh, but then I had, uh, I was asked to do a competition for uh, be a jury and I had to come up with a um, uh, theme 
and I decide to talk about this less car, better city, what happens when the private car disappears. We talked about that this morning, but in Seoul, and it was also, I invited, I teamed up with a Kyung Park, who is a founder, if some of you know, storefront for Art and Architecture New York, uh, 1982. And he's uh, more hardcore because he's the one who lived in uh, LA without the car and actually riding bicycle to San Diego, like three hours commuting. <laughs> he happened to be in Korea, so uh, he and I, we actually, for the basis of this uh, sort of a workshop, it become like a campaign uh, that we figure something like that, three million parking spaces in Seoul, which is one third of the population, not as many as bicycle in Holland, but uh, uh, when you calculate that entire area into the average uh, real estate price, it was something like uh, uh, one sole district out of 26 uh, entire area, which costs maybe it can cover next 50 years of uh, annual budget of Seoul, something like that. So um, actually, we asked these uh, sort of uh, young architects to come up with a very specific location, which is all varies in Seoul, how to do, I mean, what actually Dan this morning showed, these kind of uh, share cars, and we kind of coined the word uh, SUV-friendly city, as opposed to, no, S, no, no, PUB-friendly city, as opposed to SUV, meaning that personal utility vehicle, such as uh, electric uh, cars or wheelchairs or uh, many other things that are in varying speed. And this was, and then at the same time, we're doing this kind of, a, this, uh, uh, the What Become MBRDB project, we were also invited, we lost it. And then at the same time, we're doing actually another project that is, that goes back to uh, my uh, last project that I did with Rem Kuhas, OMA, <laughs> which is, uh, uh, David, hope you, uh, you don't mind. <laughs> uh, this is actually, for, I took it from OMA side, but I worked on it. You're looking at this ring road I just mentioned about Seoul, uh, and it was actually uh, this triangular, oh, I'm sorry, uh, let me just point out. This is the Incheon city, this is the ring road I mentioned. And then uh, this is the Incheon airport, that's how everybody lands. And 19 years ago, there was a, uh, there, it was an ocean, and it's, uh, uh, it's by far the largest reclaimed uh, land. Um, uh, 18 square meter of land was being reclaimed. 18 years ago, when, and then 19 years ago when we started, they just had a couple of polders uh, starting out. And the idea was that there was a, <clears throat> it was kind of a OMA proposal, and the winning was actually uh, creating a network, what we call network area, which kind of has, a, uh, let's say, more willful, uh, possibly, is of course, something of this scale will be a top-down. So at the beginning, there will be a, some cooperation. In this case, this big steel company, Postco, will bring their entire operation. And then they have ambition of also hosting international schools to make this ent entire uh, new part of this uh, newly artificial uh, uh, part of city as a free economy zone with tax benefits and so on. So um, in fact, and then this uh, remaining area uh, of created, uh, not created by uh, nodes and disconnectors, which, which we call network, will be more agile uh, sort of development as you go along, will adjust and adapt somehow. And then since then, there was a two major economic crises happened. So uh, OMA won that, but then they were only able to continue uh, one year, and then uh, somehow uh, it was uh, stopped, and then somehow later took over by this investment company based in New Jersey and brought the 
uh, entire KPF uh, sort of a team almost as their in-house architect, and they developed this first uh, uh, part of the CBD and conference center and so on. And there is actually, I mean, it says, but what is for me was what was really shocking was that it was quite, uh, they follow more or less the road network, and also all these anchor tenants, uh, such as a university, they actually hosted four different universities internationally, like New York State University, somehow uh, Johns Hopkins Hospital University, and so on. And then, um, but then there are uh, patches. So uh, this is looking at the old ancient city, looking at this, uh, what they're kind of sometimes present as a, often present as a 21st century Brasilia. <laughs> of course, without, uh, in this case, Niemeyer will be KPF. <laughs> and of course, uh, there's no political ideology at all, like a, a disconnection with Niemeyer and Costa, with that president, Kushtop. Um, and then, in this case, a pure market uh, sort of a, a situation. And they're, they, they kind of are very proud that they're m twice the uh, green ratio than New York they have. But in fact, uh, a lot of this green area is completely under-attended, uh, let's say. So it will take time to develop. And um, I'm very curious. Uh, uh, I, was, I, I, was very, I have been very curious what the light will be like. Their goal is about 600,000 people living there. So far, it's been maybe 10 years people start moving in there. And uh, 100,000 people uh, they, is said to be living there. So we had this opportunity. It's uh, that it was um, the university anchor, what we call this end uh, node, and then there's a subway station with, with a high-rise office building that with the pictures taken from, and then there's a connective tissue that was designed a uh, part of the OMA master plan, was actually happened exactly the way we planned, maybe a little bit of adjustment in plan, but, uh, and then, but uh, ironically, this site was given 550 meters, something like that, so it's quite long, was um, uh, ruined. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I thought I'd get to design something that I, we, I was part of designing the Tabra Rasa, but I, what, what the task came with was actually, uh, 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 came with a history, which was a Daniel Libeskin uh, designed this shopping mall, but 2008, it crashed. So the company got bankrupt. So what we presented was this underground massive colossal space that is unfinished by Daniel Libeskin's office. But I got somehow, uh, this was what got me into this project because it was almost walking into this endless solo width uh, sculpture <laughs> of very rigorous eight meter by eight meter grid. So we looked at the T-shaped site and compared to uh, Incheon Airport and uh, it's some, somewhere between Incheon Airport and local airport, um, Kimpo Airport. So it's a quite large site. And basically this was when we're doing all this uh, sort of a no car, uh, uh, better city, uh, uh, the, the kind of campaign, and it was uh, this, in Korea still, I mean, I was always amazed when I was living in Holland how this chore choreography of this delicate uh, speed is well-maintained, is also culture. Seoul also recently had this kind of uh, uh, city bikes, but still culture is quite brutally uh, car-centric, and it's really, it's not a really infrastructure only, but it's really have to develop, and I understand that also Holland had this moment that it was also a lot of uh, tragic uh, accidents happened in the 1950s and so on. So basically, um, PUB-friendly city was a goal, and then uh, we kind of identified this uh, basement, and then also, again, this connective sort of a tissue function, 
connecting the main subway to the university area. So it's mostly also very young kind of uh, couples with babies or students and so on. But another important idea was that maybe we can have this entire uh, shopping into a PUB-friendly uh, level on every level. So it's actually, you can uh, hopefully ride a bicycle in the basement, also on the roof, uh, connected by these ramps. So this was, uh, we just finished it, opened it early uh, May. And uh, it's also, I mean, it's also, you can see how quickly it filled up with uh, towers and so on. And it took us actually three years, so half, uh, twice as fast as the other little project to deal with the history. On top of the roof, Incheon Soccer uh, Premier League uh, team will teach uh, children, and then it's already uh, some kids go, you know, doing their scooters. And also, Incheon City was quite desperate to have this, they didn't know what to do with this rotting, uh, rotting, uh, structure underground, and they were, they, so they were quite uh, excited that they allow us to put all this obligatory public art on top of the roof, so invited young artists uh, and so. And then uh, what, what we've been uh, sort of also proposing to the city is that actually around there, there will be uh, uh, taller buildings, so this building also maybe because already kind of a prepared, not high line, not as, as big as high line, but it will actually really uh, uh, sort of function as a public ground. And there is mostly two-story, but it becomes higher because they have to also have a, a could be a good uh, anchor, which is the Cineplex. Because before this, they didn't really have much uh, other interest other than uh, university and, uh, um, let's say, apartment area. Uh, but now uh, young people actually uh, start, this is just after. And uh, of course, uh, very uh, well used by uh, baby stroller uh, mothers and fathers. also happens in, in, internally. And again, this project, there are 200, uh, more than 200 local um, uh, or international brands of restaurants and uh, shops and so on. And it's pretty kind of, a, it's not a high end, it's quite a, uh, like mid-level mid um, sort of a facility. So um, this, and then while we were doing that last year, I was uh, kind of in this crazy uh, construction very fast. Uh, I had to go to um, Brasilia because there, <laughs> to really see what, uh, there, if there's a, really a hope or interest. And I actually walked on the first day, and it was, uh, the cliche was true, that is, I felt like a, a little ant, and, and like, no, uh, it's almost like a landing on a moonscape. But then next day, I was guided uh, in a car tour where it's supposed to be used, and um, it was a young 24-year-old architect startup uh, who was born in Brasilia, and actually he brought me all this local secret, uh, also sort of a, uh, this was the cutest Niemeyer church in a residential neighborhood for 20 people. And then there's a next to a hot dog stand and so on. So there are actually some exciting street life. And also the current Songdo city also, you see actually somebody else start to use this empty lots into farming and so on. So, uh, uh, you know, this probing, I think uh, uh, I'm, I'm also quite keen on looking at it. So this is when we begin, and this is uh, two months ago. And then the last project I'm showing is uh, actually another story that is very contrasting, uh, the, this, um, this Songdo project. Um, we, I mean, we, this was an opportunity to look at the sort of beyond human-centric, because city is made for humans, of course, but I think we should care about bigger, I mean, you have to have a bigger picture, as we, uh, we all know. And Seoul is about the Seoul River. 
Uh, Seoul River is about one kilometer wide, so three times the Thames or Seine River in Paris, which is, is not a romantic river. It's just a, a flood control. That was the main motivation. And there are 27 bridges. And above is when I was a child, I was still able to go and uh, there was a river beach that was very popular. Of course, it came with the uh, flood uh, every monsoon season, pigs floating around, early 70s. It was also uh, <laughs> quite different. And below is how it's controlled now, creating all these uh, water walls and so on. And in order to control the flood, uh, this uh, island is called Pamsom, which is in current state. Uh, the diagram above is from the left. It was 1968 or six. Uh, that uh, uh, rock island was exploded, almost sacrificed, to create the polder to control the water. But then uh, on the right is the current uh, Pamsom, somehow re-emerged back. Because of the sedimentation process, this, because of this curvy, uh, nature, so it was basically a lot of, uh, you know, purpose of the city, building a city is control nature, but it was, it's been doing its own thing and it, it was growing even bigger, a lot bigger than uh, uh, it used to be. And then what uh, added to, uh, add to that was uh, Korea Peninsula is hosting about 60% of the migrating bird. And it, this uh, uh, island become a very uh, important site because all the birds somehow uh, like to reside there. So it become a, a very important, uh, what do you call it, Ramses site, which is kind of an equivalent of a UNESCO for World Heritage, but the ecology site. I think that, uh, I think that has become that recently. So the uh, idea of the city uh, that had this invited architect competition was that uh, you cannot go near 200 meters away, uh, closer than this island, because not to scare the bird away, to keep a calm environment, but also um, uh, but to give a platform for the um, uh, bird watchers. So uh, this location that uh, you're looking, okay. <laughs> okay, it's you, you see. Um, it was actually four international and Korean architects were invited, and even the city and the rest of the other architects, they were actually, uh, they were kind of expecting, or they presented as something very iconic, because it was perfect, sort of a floating, almost uh, one of them looks like a Sydney Opera House. <laughs> and then, uh, but uh, for us, it was actually a um, quite different idea, that uh, instead of this uh, site um, that has actually, is. It, right in front of this um, old power plant, which is also turning green, so they become obsolete, so it becomes something of a Tate London kind of a project, become a cultural facility, as a sort of using industrial uh, relic. And then uh, we basically, uh, uh, it was a trap water in front of it to use uh, this um, um, river water as a cooling purpose for the power plant. Uh, so uh, what uh, these are the current state, and then also again, these kind of uh, spontaneous uh, things that they put in, uh, sports facility. And then uh, the area along the river become quite bland, but, uh, you know, place for sports and bicycle ride and so on. And then uh, this, uh, so we thought maybe it's a time to actually start uh, differentiating these kind of uh, almost tenuous uh, long uh, river edges. And then also, uh, instead of this was our looking, child looking like a uh, Bilbao <laughs> or something uh, uh, to look at, but it's actually uh, to, to look at birds, basically. And if you know uh, bird watchers, it's a very uh, long, patient, sort of a calm uh, activity for hours with cameras or telescope. 
So the uh, idea was that instead of uh, creating like, a standout structure, we make actually satellite pamsam because the river flows that direction. So it's almost like a, um, creating like a babies of this um, uh, island because uh, we work with the uh, sort of landscape specialists, especially in this uh, sort of uh, uh, deals with the water flows and so on. So this is before and after section. And then, uh, so we take down this kind of a dam and then we had to create other uh, level in between the land and the uh, river to create uh, the continuity um, of the bicycle lane using the elevated highway. And so this is where this uh, new um, bicycle lane looking at this sort of simple uh, bird watching structure with uh, uh, this uh, uh, island 250 meters uh, behind. And this will be a pontoon structure. And it also will have a deal with a nine meter fluctuation. And then one of these uh, idea also, as I mentioned, that uh, there is a flooded uh, sort of situation that this uh, floating beam will go up and down. And it will actually bring all those uh, minerals and seas from this uh, Pamsoma Island. So we'll actually have some kind of a, a similar uh, situation will happen. And then uh, hopefully we'll, uh, although we're not allowed to go to birds uh, closely, but some of the sort of adventurous ones will come and fly and uh, be close to the city. So I'll end my talk here and thanks for uh, listening. Thank you very much. Mm.